It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust. Here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast, the show that tries to answer the question, just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds. I am your host, Jeremy Bray, better known as PC Nerd 37 to most of you, and on the other end of the Skype is my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Oh, things are awesome. Uh, I had a particularly good day today. Ah, lucky you. What made your Monday so wonderful? Uh, I won a contest uh, to go to Subcon. Uh, it's in September, so free flight, free hotel, and uh, free admission to the event, which is going to be awesome. Never even heard of it. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a conference put on by one of my friends, uh, Liz Strauss. Um, it started from one of her, her blogs, and uh, uh, her, one of uh, her co-organizers, his name is Terry, they, they put on this uh, successful, outstanding blog conference. Uh, SOBCon, so SOBCon, uh, and so um, they do it every year, and it's it's really high energy, and I've always wanted to go. Huh? Where is that at? It's going to be somewhere in Colorado. <laughs> oh, really? Funny, yeah. They I don't have to look it up. It was, it's it's a it's a city I've never heard of. Oh, I'm, now I'm curious to know where it is. Uh, let's see. Sobevent.com, is that the... Uh, that's, that's the Eventbrite, I believe, yeah. Broomfield, I believe that's up by Denver. Checking on Google Maps here. Yeah, it's one of the more northwestern suburbs of Denver. It's actually probably a little bit closer to Boulder, southeast of Boulder. Okay. So yeah, that should be that should be a nice area. You have to let me know when you're here, and I'll drive up for the day or something. Oh, really? Oh, that'd be cool. Um, so, um, the Friday, it's it's going to be the the eighth, the seventeenth. It's more mostly registration, and uh, I think things wrap up pretty fairly uh, quickly. Um, Saturday is an all day thing, and since it's a supposedly two day stay at the hotel, I'm guessing I'll be there Friday night and Saturday night, and fly back Sunday, uh, probably Sunday morning. So uh, Friday night should be I should be free if you if you want to head up. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure I could probably do that. Actually, I'm thinking I may have a concert up there anyway, so I'll have to double-check that, and maybe we'll actually get to meet in person. Yeah, cool. For those that don't know, we have never met in person, so this would be different. Yes. But anyway, 
Might as well go ahead and get right into the show here in just a second. For those of you that haven't been paying attention to GlobalGeekNews.com, I, on Saturday, a couple days later than I expected, I posted my interview with Chris Cashman. So for those that are 1 versus 100 fans, kind of curious to know what happened to the show and everything, you'll definitely want to check that out. It's a little long. I think it's like 46 minutes, a little bit longer than I was expecting, but it's worth listening to all of it. So if you have subscribed to Global Geek News, like on iTunes or Zoom or whatever, it should already be on your RSS feed and you probably already have it. Otherwise, it's still on the homepage. It should be right underneath this post, which this post is, what is this, episode 77? I didn't even look. Uh, this is uh, 78. 78. Yeah, so this is episode 78. And, my, and oh, and don't forget to check out the tips of the week section. On Friday's post, I had a ton of different tips, all kinds of really awesome stuff. You'll definitely want to check that out. Maybe talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But we'll go ahead and get jumping right into the stories, starting with... The Geek Squad sends a cease and desist letter to the God Squad. Yeah. That's that's playing with fire. <laughs> I think just because of what is it one vehicle that happens to be a VW Bug and the symbol looks similar, um, they're just saying a cease and desist because they want them to stop using God Squad. Yeah, I saw a picture of the vehicle, which I believe it's in the first comment there on the slash dot story, where essentially they've got the colors swapped backwards, and it looks like maybe the font is a little bit different but it's kind of made up this priest made it up to look like a geek squad vw beetle Mm. and apparently that's close enough to disturb the people at best buy enough to send them a cease and desist because they think that violates their trademark which go ahead i i'm not sure that necessarily violates their trademark just because this is too completely different things. Yeah, this is exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's not like one person will confuse one for the other. They're not they this god squad is not fixing computers and they're not uh, installing home theater equipment. So, they're two different things and that's the why that's the same reason why you can have uh, Linux toilet paper um, because there it's different than the operating system. Mm. So, I I think this is Great advertising for uh, the God Squad, but uh, it's probably going to be fairly expensive to try to defend. Uh, So I'm not sure why they would want to attack someone like this. I would think that the priest could successfully defend against it, but it would be a rather expensive thing to try. But supposedly Mm -hmm. it's done its job in terms of generating buzz for his church or whatever. So maybe... Maybe it's been worth it, at least up until the point that Best Buy got wind of what was going on. Yeah. Even more so now that he's gotten all kinds of press for it. Maybe they should try... Uh, <laughs> I guess you can't use... Uh, with Circuit City's the, the funk brand was a uh, Fire Dog. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, I would assume that that would be owned by Systemax now. Yeah. Since they... System Max, right? System Max. Yeah, since they're the ones that own Circuit City, still run CircuitCity.com. They're the ones that own Tiger Direct, uh, CompUSA, and I'm thinking there's probably a couple of others in there. 
Yeah, just make. I would just go use the whole circuit. Get a change your name to a popular brand, and get a system cease and desist, and then just keep rotating. Yeah, that that's an interesting idea. I'm kind of curious to see just how this plays out. It should be kind of fun to watch. For those that are wondering, yeah, this is kind of about the just about as good as the stories are going to get this week. Last week was pretty much a pretty sucky week when it comes to news. But I think it's the end of summer. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I know there's this is usually just kind of the time when everybody's headed back to school, so nobody really cares mm-hmm. anything about anything except for back to school sales. Yeah, I think those are those announcements are queuing up as we speak. So um, we're probably going to have a huge, huge onslaught um, within uh, next week with all the stories, with all the new products coming out. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if there's going to be an uptick in news in the in the next within this week, just because most people aren't going to be paying attention to the news. They're headed back to school. They're off to college. Whatever. I've got a feeling that things are going to be pretty slow outside of the retail space. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I bet we're going to. I bet we'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean, what? It can't get much worse than what we have right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely true. Normal on the normal week, I usually have at least like two dozen stories to sift through, and usually narrow it down to eleven. This week, I have ten, so this should be a rather short show because we're one. I couldn't even come up with an eleventh story this week. But going on to the next story, apparently Hulu is looking for an IPO. I think this is probably the best thing ever. Um, not just because um, uh, the return of the IPOs. Uh, who did we see last week? Uh, Skype possibly doing an IPO. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, it's good to, to for Hulu to get under get from under the thumb of their uh, investors, which happens to be what NBC and uh, is it. Uh, CBS, no, not CBS, but ABC. NBC, ABC, and Fox are the big ones. Yeah, um, maybe let, let them get their payout, and hopefully they'll get some more independence in how they negotiate um, without um, having these major players in the back room telling and guiding uh, the future for this company. Uh, I think this is one of the ways they can truly be an independent entity. I'm kind of curious to know just a little bit more why they're doing this because it seems like okay if you're they're supposedly trying to raise 200 million dollars and i would assume that they could probably do it but if 50 to 70 percent is going to your content partners that seems to be kind of pointless you'd think that they just do something like maybe make the ads a little bit longer or something like that to drive more revenue to pay the content partners rather than doing an ipo well, maybe they don't have that flexibility. Um, what if they want to do it longer, but Fox says, you know, we use this service too, and we don't want it to be longer. Um, maybe uh, their distancing from the networks will allow them to set their own parameters and uh, let the market decide easier. Could be. I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see just where this goes, just because they're the only real major independent um streaming site for mainstream content with the exception of maybe Netflix or mm-hmm. 
Oh, I can't think of some of the other streaming services like what Cin- is Cinema Now. Yeah, Roku. Does Roku do their own thing, or is that just uh, Netflix stuff? Netflix that, and Amazon stuff. Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Voodoo. That's the one I'm trying to think yeah, of. Voodoo. Which didn't Walmart buy them? I think Walmart bought yeah, Voodoo. Yeah, yeah, I okay. think so. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're pretty much the. Hulu is essentially the main one, so this is kind of like watching them as kind of a indicator as to what's going to happen in the coming months when it comes to online streaming. So I'm, I'm really curious to see where this goes. I don't know. Did you have a chance to listen to today's Ken Radio? They talked in, in depth about this quite a bit. Uh, no, not not today's. Uh, um, I haven't caught up on that. Um, maybe I have. I can't remember. Today was kind of a blur. <laughs> yeah, today was the first time I'd listened to it to him in probably about two months, unfortunately. But it it was good show, and they had a, a lot of interesting takes on this. It, Were they saying ultimately it was a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it's. I think they said it was more of a bad thing, if really? I remember correctly. I have to disagree with them on that. They have they give any valid reasons? They did, but my memory sucks. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't see how this is. Maybe it's the 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 evaluation of the company or what, but um, I, I think this is ultimately a good decision. I think they said more to keep your eyes on Netflix. I mean, Netflix just in the past what is it two weeks? Their stock mark, their stock price has gone up thirty percent, mm-hmm. and with all of the special content deals that they're doing. For getting like more streaming and stuff, just in turn, and then in turn they can't um, rent DVDs for 28 days after they go on sale or whatever. Apparently, that's bulking up their streaming stuff enough to make them an even stronger player in the space. So it, it sounds like they're more bullish on Netflix more than anything else. Well, I think I that's. I, I would agree too, but that also bol- bolsters the argument that it will allow Hulu to be more competitive, knowing that they have a serious competitor. Um, and uh, we can see how stale the market gets without any true competition. And also, them both being public companies also lends to the possibility in the future of one acquiring the other. Mm-hmm. I think the real problem here is that. There's still, even with Hulu and everything, there's still no one single place to go to get all of the content that you want. Like, for example, with Hulu, Comedy Central per- pulled The Daily Show and The Colbert Report, so you can't see that on Hulu anymore. Right. Um, there's a lot of stuff from, I think it's like ABC, They've, they're kind of doing their own thing. Well, CBS has TV.com. Yeah, CBS has TV.com. So there's still no one good streaming place to get everything. It's like you kind of have to have a Hulu subscription, which is 10 bucks, a Netflix subscription, which I think the lowest tier that you can get with the streaming, I think, is 10 bucks, And not to mention, then you probably ha- still have to have like your iTunes to buy shows or your Zoom marketplace and everything. It's or still, your Amazon. Yeah, it's just to the point where it's still so fragmented that I don't think the consumers really want to jump on board with any one particular service yet. Other well, the than thing outside is, of maybe Netflix. 
Just well, you think the movie thing. With as I said, with the affiliation that Hulu has with those networks, ABC uh, and NBC and Fox, maybe that is resistance to other deals being struck and will allow them to get more content. Uh, so being more independent uh, through their an, IP, an IPO could facilitate those deals. Yeah, I think the only chance that Hulu really has of making get real big is to do more deals in terms of getting all the back catalog of content that's decades old. I mean, yeah. last week we, there, I think the story hit that you can now watch all of the Johnny Carson shows on johnnycarson.com. Well, if they could get a hold of all of the Johnny Carson stuff or stuff from like that era or whatever, that would be huge for Hulu because a whole lot more people already know Hulu. They'd much, probably much rather go to Hulu than they would johnnycarson.com. Right. Or they can get more streaming events uh, like the Olympics, uh, like the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, they could get major sporting events like, um, like the Super Bowl. Uh, or uh, if they had a deal with uh, the NFL.com and be able to get some of the streaming there, not instead of just you know through the you know MLB, hockey, get some major um, events to maybe even do some live streaming. Uh, I think that's something that would garner a huge amount of support. And um, uh, I think right now Hulu already has some of the mind share of most users. I mean, I don't see a lot of people complaining about Hulu. Maybe that they don't have the content, but people want to use Hulu more. They don't want to use Hulu less at this point. Yeah, I'm one of those people that wants to use it less. I mean, I don't even use it as it is, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I get my content through other means. But speaking of... Well, people, you don't use it at all, though. I'm yeah. just saying the people who use it regularly... Yeah, are, once in are, a great while I'll use it, usually just because I may be at work or something like that, and there's something that I want to watch, like I missed last night's episode or whatever... And trying to get something. You missed last night's episode of whatever. I think that was the best one ever. They had a special guest. It was awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that. <laughs> Speaking of um, people that have a lot of mind share, George Lucas, of course, has all the mind share of pretty much all the geeks in the world. And he just announced Star Wars on Blu-ray coming next year. The the exciting part is that all, it's all going to be on one disc, which is nice. Uh, so instead of uh, multiple DVDs or tapes like he did previously, there's going to be all six episodes, uh, or what do they call them, chapters? Um, ooh, I'm probably going to get a little backlash at that. But uh, all on one disc, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, apparently this is for the 35th anniversary of A New Hope, which is I believe is the original Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, episode four. Yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the the original trilogy was the only one worth worth watching. But I'm sure I'll get lots of flack from that. But. I I don't disagree with you though on that one. I, I, Jar Jar killed it. I, if they was if that was one of the special features that you can watch it without Jar Jar, I think I might enjoy it a little bit better. Yeah, apparently the original versions won't make it into the. Movies, these are all going to be um, like special editions that have been just because restoring the originals would 
to a high quality would have cost too much. So these are going to be all special edition stuff. I guess mm-hmm. to announce this, they even showed off a deleted scene that apparently no one's ever seen from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Miss Light- Lightsaber scene, yeah. Which, I don't know, I'm kind of surprised that a deleted scene is still around 35 years later. Or, well, I'm not sure what year Return of the Jedi was made, so I'm guessing probably 30 years later or whatever. But the fact that no one's seen it in 30 years seems a little strange to me. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing he's always holding something back. Always holding something back so they can he can trickle release um, this franchise. Um, I'm sure that the next new medium that comes out, he's going to be on there too. I'm not sure. Can you? You can't stream uh, any of the Star Wars right now, can you? Like mm. other Hulu, Netflix, or anything, right? No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. So um, look for an Xbox 360 branded. <laughs> Uh, version of this coming soon with uh, stream to through Zoom Marketplace. Yeah, I'm just going to wait for the 3D version of Star Wars. <laughs> with as big yeah. as Hollywood is on 3D, you know that's got to be coming soon. That's, yeah, I agree. That's going to be coming. You called it. But Speaking of calling, <laughs> apparently Justin Bieber tweeted the phone number of an enemy of his to his 4.5 million followers who then proceeded to call and text this person like crazy. Yeah, uh, he said, everyone call me, put the number, and he says, or text. And uh, so what happened was the guy who was the target, the number that was actually publicized on on Justin Bieber's uh, tweet stream, is uh, someone that hacked into Justin's friend's uh, Twitter account, and through that, uh, got Justin Bieber's number. Um, so this was Justin's way of seeking revenge. And uh, it's kind of low. Uh, the the number, the, the tweet was actually deleted uh, soon after it went out. But still, uh, that didn't prevent the backlash and the multiple retweet and the spreading of the number um, that kind of ruined this guy's uh, number permanently. Yeah, that's one of the bad parts about Twitter in that if you even if you do go through and delete something, if it if people are paying attention to the API, like they have Tweet Deck or something open, you can't go into you can't reach into their Tweet Deck and grab that tweet back. Once they have it, they have it. So, yeah, you may be able to delete it from people looking at the web interface, but if they keep their Tweet Deck open and it comes through before you have a chance to delete it, they've got it, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's one of those things about the internet. You have to make sure you're, you really want to put something on the internet because once it's up there, it will not go away. Yeah, he's young, and uh, obviously by deleting it, he realized he made a mistake. So uh, hopefully he won't do anything like this again. Um, and I'm also surprised that I haven't heard more about this. This is uh, Global Geek News is the only place I've heard about the story. Yeah, this was picked up by the Business Insider. Apparently this kid that was the target of this within two hours, had over 10,000 text messages, as well as who knows how many calls and everything else. And I guess the business insider tried to contact him for comment, but his inbox was full. Yeah, he's going to have to get a new number. I'm kind of curious to know 
just how long it's going to take him to get that new number if he went and got one today. Or I don't know. If this kid was smart, he would use this as a platform to just like launch himself on YouTube or something like that. Because he, he could take this this story, this popularity, and just use it to really jump himself all the way up on YouTube if he wanted to. Yeah, he would be the Monica Lewinsky of uh, <laughs> of text messaging and phone calls uh, of our time. How a little bit of scandal around someone can actually propel them into fame and uh, celebrity. Yeah, hopefully this kid's smart enough to capitalize on the opportunity, but I've got a feeling that if you're hacking people just so you can get Justin Bieber's phone number, chances are you're probably not in that category of extra smart people to, that are going to make anything of themselves. Yeah. And now that I've just offended all the Justin Bieber fans... <laughs> yeah. No, just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a Justin Bieber fan, if anybody couldn't already tell that. You're an Uber fan. Huh. Don't think so. <laughs> I sometimes am a fan of Facebook, and they are doing something somewhat interesting, but not totally unique. Apparently they've launched their own live streaming channel. Yeah, with the Golden Globes, I think, uh, was it this year or last year? They live streamed it over Facebook. And uh, you can see in this picture, in this article, there's Randy Zuckerberg, which is uh, Mark Zuckerberg's sister, who also works at Facebook. She's usually the online personality for the for the website, um, and does does some interviews. And um, actually, I think this is probably uh, a medium where she would excel. She has a, a great personality, um, and this gives them their own platform on their platform. And video is very engaging, so uh, I think they have a, a, a built-in audience in which they can broadcast, hey, guess who's streaming live on Facebook to all their users and automatically um, get a lot of views. I think this propels them into a new medium, a new space, and uh, I think this is going to be an integral part uh, within a year. I'm kind of curious to see just where they go with this, because... The story that Don Reisinger did on CNET about this says that it's not meant to compete with like a Justin TV or a Ustream or anything like that. So I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to use this more like Dig when every, what is it, three or four months, something like that, they'll do their little fireside chat kind of things where they take questions from the community and talk about the future of Dig and stuff like that. Or if this is going to be kind of like a Microsoft Channel 9 kind of thing, where it's going to be where you'll go to get all kinds of content related to Facebook through videos. Now, this is going to be another revenue stream. Uh, this is one where they can say, hey, we have a platform, we have all these people on Facebook, and the only way to get on Facebook streaming is through us, and so you have to pay us. Uh, so... That's how they're. This is how they're actually. They're gonna make a, probably a good chunk of money, um, because with Facebook advertising, you have static ads, um, and you can promote your own page, um, but all that is opt-in, uh, except for the ads. Of course, they will pop up, but that's still self-selecting. If you want, this is basically Facebook network, just like Oprah has her own television show. This is Facebook having their own network. 
um, and they control who sees what and who gets on there, and uh, it's how they're going to ge- generate a lot of revenue. Like people talking about how many people watch the Super Bowl, how many people are on Facebook, and compare those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- I'm I'm kind of curious to know just how much of Facebook's audience would even be interested in something like this. Well, they already have statistics. As I said, like they did this for the Golden Globe, and I think some other, um, some other. Um, I don't know if that was the only test, but that's the one I knew about the most. I mean, I heard about uh, a while back, in which they did live streaming. So they have statistics, and obviously, it was su- successful enough um, for to be a viable solution. Now, well, they said that this is basically the PR channel for the company. So the PR channel versus the Golden Globes, that's kind of two completely different things. True. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't to start somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I can't really see myself watching a PR channel for Facebook. Then again, I do watch Channel 9 for Microsoft, and that's can be kind of considered the same thing to an extent. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about this with Adam Curry. Uh, people like advertising, but they like good advertising. Um, so, think about Maybe a Q&A with uh, Jeff Bridges talking about Tron. That's mm-hmm. advertising for the movie. I would watch it. Uh, what about with Google talking about Google Me, a competitive social media site to Facebook, but streamed on Facebook? So they can say how they are different and how uh, they're partnering maybe through Facebook uh, to make uh, uh, things portable and interoperable. I mean, I would watch that. I mean, what about Obama? I mean, Obama has been championed as a social media uh, success story. Uh, I'm sure that he would stop by and talk to Facebook. And didn't the Russian uh, prime minister show up at the Facebook headquarters? I'm uh, sure that Twitter. people would want to see that. Was it? And Twitter. I think he was, and he went through several different companies. He went to Twitter. I believe he went to Facebook, and I think he went to to other companies in the the Bay Area. Yeah, I didn't know if he went to Facebook. I know about Twitter, but I didn't know about anything else. But speaking of Facebook, have you seen the trailer for the Facebook movie? Yes. I saw that for yes. the first time yesterday. That looks good. The theoretic, the uh, not the teaser one. You're talking about the full-on uh, trailer. Yeah, the yeah. 500 million friends trailer or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. That looks like that's going to be a good movie. It's it's a lot better than a teaser. Um It'd be interesting uh, to see how it's received. Of course, I have to see it um, because uh, it's kind of something I'm interested in in the space. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting how the mainstream decides to watch it. Um, but given how important Facebook is today, uh, it makes sense to make a movie about it. It's it's going to be something we're going to look back at, um, and our kids are going to be seeing this movie in school. Yeah, I can't say I'm not too sh- I'm too sure about the whole Justin Timberlake casting, but <laughs> otherwise it looks like it's a good movie, and I, I've got a feeling that this could be one of those things that takes down Facebook. I don't know that, but I've just kind of got that feeling. You think this is the this is where Facebook jumps the shark? I think it'll be the beginning of the end for Facebook. Interesting. Interesting. I've just got that feeling. I don't know, just based on from the looks of the trailer and stuff. It, it, I would say that that's probably going to be the beginning of the end. 
Yeah. What I'm interested in is the social media campaign that's going to accompany the movie. Um, are they going to have a Facebook fan page if they don't already have one? Uh, how are they going to utilize Facebook to uh, capture and uh, uh, and echo the experiences of others um, to make it resonate more? I, I, I'm going to be interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of movies, I went and saw Eat, Pray, Love yesterday. Uh oh. You're going to announce that, that publicly? Yeah, I'm not um, planning on seeing it. <laughs> yeah, don't go see that. I rank that as the number two worst movie of all time. What's number one? That would be that uh, Mamma Mia or whatever that came out a couple of years ago. Oh, the one about uh, with ABBA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be number one. Really? Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. The fact that I actually sat through that movie. That's a couple hours of my life I'll never get back again. Kind of felt that seen, way last night. Have you seen Inception? No, not yet. Okay. You should have you should have saw that before he saw uh Eat Pray Love. Yeah, I'm guessing so. <laughs> but I won't make that mistake again. Yes. But you weren't drinking while you went to the movie theaters, or did uh did it drive you to drinking? <laughs> it just about drove me there. <laughs> but speaking of drinking and driving, apparently if you're drinking and driving in the in New Jersey with the in the area called Evansham or the Evansham Township, I guess it's is the full name apparently Or Evesham? Could be. Evesham. Um your mugshot will be paste, will be posted on Facebook. Whether or not you've been convicted, it don't matter. Yeah. So, um, this is something that I've been tempted to do since I've heard about this story, and I'm sure that they're going to have a problem with this. Uh, Going to their Facebook page, going ahead and liking the fan page, and tagging my friends in other people's (laughs) mugshots. That'd be good. Uh, (laughs) I, I don't see how people can pass that up. I mean, you can find someone who looks similar enough that it would be a hilarious joke. Um, but unfortunately, that's what it is. It's entertainment. I, I don't. If they're trying to use this as a deterrent, I'm not sure if it'll work. Uh, except locally, people might just use it as uh, you know small town gossip saying, oh, did you see who got posted on that? Mm-hmm. So locally it might work, but being on, uh, so if, as a form of public humiliation, um, but that could also be worse off locally, meaning that, especially if someone's not convicted, uh, that could adversely affect someone's business, uh, someone's uh, job, employment, um, their reputation, uh, especially if they're not convicted. And being on a public stage, especially since this is a fan site, which means it's public, this could show up in someone's Google results when someone Googles someone's name, which uh, I don't know if I would want my mugshot popping up a la Bill Gates whenever someone does a search for my name. Yeah, the whole... I mean, if this was posted like after you were convicted or whatever... I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have too big a problem with it, but with this being before you're convicted, I think it just can lead to way too many problems down the line for you 
and even for the police department, if it gets to the point where if you're not convicted and and having it posted up there screws up somebody's life, they can come back and sue the police department for it. Yeah, this is not the place to put it. Maybe if they want to make it public, they should put it on their page. Not, mm-hmm. not Facebook, but on their own web property at, uh, at evashamtownship.org or whatever, mm-hmm. or .gov. Um, what the Facebook page should be used for is more helping and giving inf- useful information to the community um, instead of... Uh, using it to shame people publicly. That's just the wrong negative way to spin it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping that this gets enough negative publicity that they take down this horrible idea. But, I don't know. It, it's, I, it's an interesting idea, but it's just the wrong way to go about it. Yeah, they should just post their cell phone numbers and tell people to call them and text them. <laughs> yeah, that would work too. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like I, I'd seen a story and this may have been like a year or two ago where I think there was some police department that's posting stuff like this on Twitter mm. I've seen um, gels not gel cells but some um, some some gel houses uh, where they have like a live streaming webcam that'd be interesting to watch maybe yeah interesting yeah maybe you'll see something uh someone get arrested that you you recognize or something like that um but yeah some things should be spread virally some things shouldn't and um, this is it for me at work we have a police scanner and that that's always a great form of en- entertainment just because usually the way they talk it's not like it's more of this person's accused of something rather than this person's actually done it so that's uh-huh. just kind of the way it's phrased over the police scanner but at the same time, it, that makes for some great entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get people calling in because there's people walking around the gas station parking lot with no pants on. Um, oh, there, there was a good one last Wow, you said it was hot. I didn't know it was that hot over there. <laughs> yeah, it can get rather hot here in the summer. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's some crazy stuff that goes, around, goes on around this town. That part is... To get the scanner stuff, you have to have one of the new digital scanners, and those are like 700 bucks. Mm. Although, there is a an iPhone app called 50 Radio. Or 50. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. That sounds pretty awesome. It is great for listening to police scanner. We don't have the city police on there for some reason. We, get, we can still get state patrol and local fire and stuff on there. But that seems to be fantastic, especially if you're wanting to... Pay like I think it's like three dollars for the app instead of seven hundred dollars for a digital radio. Seems to work fantastically. But speaking of the iPhone, apparently there's a study saying that thirty-four percent of iPhone users are ready to jump to Verizon as soon as they get the iPhone. Yeah, these statistics are questionable. Uh, didn't we see statistics like around the iPad, like who's going to buy the iPad when it comes out? Uh, when you when it when it was announced, how many people have changed their mind and stuff like that? And those numbers were totally bogus. Uh, sorry if you hear the dogs barking. Um, uh, I apologize. Um, but I think the same thing. People who had switched to Verizon, if if the iPhone went there, uh, the same exact hardware. People, how many people would you know pay the cancellation fee? Uh, same exact hardware. Um, 
except that you can't uh, have voice and data at the same time. Uh, we'll see how many people want to change their billing o- over, and and especially if you have a family plan and not everyone has iPhones, do you really want to move them all over? Um, we'll see. These these pre-announced what-if scenarios, I think the fantasy of it all uh, changes the numbers a bit. Yeah, I was kind of surprised the numbers weren't actually higher, but I think most people don't realize that with Verizon, you won't be able to get voice and data at the same time. I think that once the iPhone goes there and people start to realize, hey, you can't get both at the same time, then they'd right. probably reconsider. And but, also, if there's not a GSM component, then it's not it's no longer a world phone, so you can't travel to Europe uh, and still be able to use the cell phone. You you would have to physically get a new cell phone, if, if and there would be no international roaming. Mm-hmm. Well, and another issue with that is a lot of people, they probably don't take their iPhones on internationally just because there's been so many stories about, oh, hey, even though your iPhone says it's not connected data-wise or whatever, really it is. So when you get back to the States, you're going to have a phone bill that's several hundred dollars or several thousand dollars or whatever. I think those have been around long enough that a lot of people carry some another phone with them as to where they don't have to worry too much about that when they do any international travel. Well, that's the casual travel, like once off. I'm talking about the business traveler, someone who travels international a lot. Well, those people tend to probably have like three phones anyway. Eh, well, some do, some don't. At least all the major international travelers that I know do. Yeah. But there's a lot of concerns and a lot of things that aren't... Uh, aren't disclosed in a supposed Verizon deal, um, you're gonna you you're gonna probably have to bet that the just like uh, app uh, AT and T did, Verizon's gonna have some sort of lock in to keep you with their network other than a two year contract. Yeah, they're gonna have to do something. But speaking of smartphones, apparently there's the security vulnerability with the touchscreens, and that apparently hackers could use your screen smudges from your fingerprints to detect your password for your phone. Yeah, this, these researchers um, have uh, found that they could uh, sh- unlock a phone over 90% of the time by analyzing the smudges. And of course, this is something that is uh, more of an Android thing than anything else because of the their swipe patterns. Um, but I'm not sure... If this is such a big deal, per se, um, because if you lose your phone and someone really wants to get into it, uh, it's going to take a couple. It's probably going to take a little while for them to get into it, and by that time, you could wipe it remotely if you really needed to. Yeah, there's so many so many remote wiping capabilities anymore. I'm not sure how big of a issue this is. I'm not sure what there is in terms of stuff for Android, but I know with the iPhone, you can wipe it remotely. With Windows Phone 7, you'll be able to wipe it remotely. I don't know, this this is actually a vulnerability that I've kind of suspected for some time. I've never really done any like research on it like these people did. But just looking at like my iPod Touch, I can tell where I've been touching, even if it's something where I've touched over it after I've 
done a particular action, I can usually still see the smudges from my fingerprints where I originally touched. So it wouldn't surprise me at all for people to be able to look at your fingerprint smudges and figure out just what your password is to get into your phone. Yeah. So the the moral to the story here is play more games on your phone and to add more to add more uh, smudges um, or use a screen protector that'll uh, minimize the amount of smudges or if you have a, if you're an Android use the uh, alternative uh, method for uh, signing into your phone instead of the, the the swipe method right I personally I would go with the um, screen protector but at the same time I always have the worst of luck trying to apply those because I always end up with like dust underneath it mm. and everything and it always just turns into be a big nightmare whenever I try and put them like on my PSP and stuff it's where I usually try and apply it like two or three times and by that point it's got so much dust on it that it's not worth it and I just toss it and forget about it but I tend to have very bad luck with that kind of stuff yes there are videos just, uh, for how to apply those. I've, uh, those can be very helpful. You know, I've I've seen them, but they've never helped me any. Oh. I've tried, but I don't know. Maybe it's just so dusty around here that it's just kind of hard to do anything like that. Maybe you just have to have a clean room to do it. I don't know. <laughs> but speaking of phones and Windows Phone 7, apparently a developer has created an app generator for Windows Phone 7. So now we can see the wonderful flood of crappy apps. Yeah, take that. Uh, was it Google App Inventor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is this is pretty cool. And um, crappy apps is better than no apps. I currently have a Windows six five device, and there's almost no apps in the marketplace. So uh, having something is better than nothing. And this is a great jump start, and also is a proof point of the flexibility of their environment to allow this to happen. Um, and also, this could be version one of version many of the amount of uh, compli- complicated and uh, sophisticated apps. And this also might inspire uh, Microsoft to come up with their own developer studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Microsoft has their own, has everything for creating apps for Windows Phone 7. Just with Visual Studio, you can create all kinds of Windows Phone 7 apps. With You can use the XNA Game Studio 4.0 to create apps. Um, you can use the oh, Expression Blend to kind of design the look right. of your apps and everything. But none of them are over the web. Right. None of them are over the web, but at the same time, I think it's probably better off on your computer because then you're getting a lot more, a be- lot better performance and power and stuff like that and you have a lot more control of things yeah but you're talking about performance and power but this is not running on a cell phone so do mm-hmm. you really want it to be overpowered uh, I don't know to each his own uh, I think um, more options is better than less so uh, hopefully this is a success and uh, can spur some creative ideas that people wouldn't have thought of or have the ability to develop on their own yeah, I, I still fear this idea and the flood of crappy apps that it'll bring. But that's just because I'm a developer and have a clue what I'm doing. And the and people that know what they're doing tend to make the better apps. But 
Anyway, apparently one-fifth of Americans still don't use the Internet. I can't believe this number. Well, I'm not on the Internet. Oh, well, I guess I am. Uh, This this is actually... uh, You have to realize that I'm I'm not trying to be ageist here, but there is uh, the baby boomers that are out there. And when you hear about people who are still highly successful, people in Congress, people in Senate, that say that they don't know how to use the Internet, you have to think that some people have gone their entire life without it and at this point feel that they don't need to uh, learn something new. Um, so, so I can see uh, the wealthy, the affluent, the older, who are set in their ways, um, not adopting something new. And also, um, there are some... Uh, Americans who can't afford it still, especially in this economic climate, you know, um, there might be people, people who have to cut back. Or also people who only use the internet um, when they're at work. Uh, that's where cyber mer- how Cyber Monday got started, is that people will go to work on Monday and take advantage of all the deals. So I, I, I see that, I still see that a fifth of people, uh, the, the 20% of Americans can still not be online. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I know that older people generally don't care too much for the internet, but it seems like still a lot of them at least know how to use it a little bit as far as they know how to Google for something if they need something. Right. As to where they'll at least keep dial up around the house or something like that, or go down to a local coffee shop just to have, just to be able to use it for something. So it, it seems like that percentage should be a lot higher than it is. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that don't want to use the internet and whatever, and eventually it's kind of like the strongest will survive. Eventually they'll get to the point where they'll all just die off and the rest right. of us will be here using the internet. But, or some people don't know that they are on the internet. Like some my mom, my mom still says she gets on email, but I don't know if she realizes she's on the internet when she checks her email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people I know don't think they're on the internet unless they click the little E that opens up Internet Explorer. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that could be... Maybe this could just be a case of a lot of people not knowing what the internet really is, how to... and not being able to answer a survey like this adequately. Yeah. I don't know what the internet is. I just know what BitTorrent is, and that's what I use it for. That works, too. (laughs) <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that the growth that given the fact that one fifth of Americans still don't use that the, the growth of broadband has really kind of slowed down. Just in the last year, it's only grown by three percent, and dial-up has dropped off by two percent. And if you're looking at the graph, that's slowed down considerably compared to in years past, where between April 2008 and 2009. It grew by eight percent. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, we were talking about Hulu. Um, as we see more devices come with it, like for instance, um, like the Kindle, um, we might even see like a Roku variant that that comes with its own access. Um, I, I wonder if people would consider that also uh, being on the internet, streaming movies and content. Uh, through these specialized devices. And I, that actually might be the future in which 
you buy devices depending on uh, if we ever can get our our bandwidth up that come devices to come with the internet yeah speaking of which i saw a story earlier this evening that apparently today verizon demoed one gigabit per second files something that i would give anything for anything even if you could never pirate ever again Okay, maybe almost anything. <laughs> because with that, it would kind of be pointless to have that much bandwidth. Yeah. But At least our Skype calls would sound that much sound better. One would hope so, but I've already I think I'm already getting like 12 megabits or something like that, and it still has its issues every week. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that would be all of these stories for those that want to. Check out the show notes and catch some of the details of the stories that we missed. You can feel free to find those at globalgeeknews.com, which is, of course, where you also find that Chris Cashman interview. And uh, don't forget to check out the Tips of the Week segment, um, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what was on last week's Tip of the Week segment. There's stuff for creating your own Windows 7 themes from scratch, um, cheat sheets for using things like Google. If you're looking to help narrow down search results, that can be really helpful. Shortcut and hotkey references for Windows 7. Some nice wallpapers for Windows 7. Um, putting tweet buttons on your website or if you're a site owner or a blogger or whatever. Um, as well as some high, like 30 high-quality fonts. How to play XVID videos on your iPad for free. Um, if you're having Hotmail issues, Microsoft says to use Google Chrome, which I just find that funny. Um, how to post code into your blog, all kinds of different stuff. How to rename, how to seed, move to rename files on BitTorrent, all kinds of stuff. So definitely make sure to check that out. There should be just about something there for pretty much everybody. From Windows users to Linux users, it's all there. And, of course, those are just all the tips that I happen to find throughout the week. That's number three. You can always go back and check out the other Tips of the Week segment. If you just um, go to the uh, Tips of the Week category on the right-hand side, you should be able to see all of those. Anyway, don't forget there's always the Global Geek News Store for those of you that want to help support the help, help support the show on the website. I also mentioned, I believe in a post last week, that there will be no more Google AdSense on Global Geek News. This is kind of an experiment. Between now and October 1st, I'm hoping that, since I was just making pennies on AdSense anyway, that I'm hoping by taking away AdSense, making the user experience better, it'll encourage you guys to help support the site, whether it's by purchasing something in the store, like a hat, a coffee mug... Um, some bumper stickers, you name it. There's all kinds of stuff in there, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff, or through donations. What, of course, we offer the $5 a month donation for your continuing support, or you can always download, or you can always, uh, excuse me, donate a lump sum, where anything over, I believe it's over $10, will get you a mention on the show. Anything over $100 will get you a free T-shirt from the store, and uh, I think that's pretty much it. Just keep in mind that we produce, what is it, at least four hours of audio content a month, giving you all the latest news and everything, bringing you interviews with people like Chris Cashman and 
interesting guests like Adam Curry and whatnot. So we're really providing you a great value. So provide a little bit value back to us. Donate somehow. Help the show somehow. I don't even care if you... Uh, I don't care if you are just telling your friends about the show or if you're buying something from the store. Just find some way to support the site somehow. If you can't donate, here's your goal. Or even if you can't donate, here's your still here's still your goal. This week, tell five people. It doesn't matter what five people. Just tell five people you know about the show. It can be friends. It can be family. It can be people you know from church or work. It can be the cashier at the grocery store. I don't care. Just tell five people about the show. If everyone did that, we could be on our way to stardom in no time. <laughs> but anyway, just... Between all the audio content, all the great stuff on the site, like the tips of the week and everything, we think that we provide you with a lot of great content. So please do your part and help us out with donations or purchases from the store or something like that. Are you going to talk about how Google retaliated by when you remove Google uh, AdSense from your website? Are you going to speak about that at all? Yeah, I, I meant I meant to bring that up sooner, seeing as we're still a couple minutes early before ending the show. Um, for those of you that happen to have seen my tweets a little bit yesterday, mostly today, apparently we kind of got banned from both Google and Bing. I'm not 100% sure what happened, but I have a good idea. Last Within the last week, I've just kind of been going nuts on Twitter, engaging hundreds of people in conversations about everything from various topics of being a geek to Windows 7 to podcasts, you name it. Just talking to hundreds of people and at the end of every tweet I would have like a signature which would be like a tilde www.globalgeeknews.com Well I've got a feeling that um, Google and Bing and everybody um, apparently not Yahoo we found that out a little bit ago but the main ones like Google and Bing have apparently must have marked that as spam or something like that, or figured that we were spamming for a site or something like that. So we're kind of banned on there. I went through the necessary steps to try and get us reinstated on Google this morning, although to get reinstated, apparently it's going to take a couple of weeks just for them to look at the request. So who knows how that's going to turn out. You can still, If you still go to Search Global Geek News on on Google, you can still find us, but it'll take you to like episode 74 or something like that instead of the homepage, which is really strange. And the, kind of the same thing for Bing as well. So you can still get to us either way, but it's just the homepage isn't there, and that really annoys me. So, And if anybody can tell me how to get unbanned on Bing, I would really appreciate it, because that was the one thing I couldn't find this morning when I was trying to get all this taken care of. But, yeah, in the meantime, we're we're there, but we're not there. So, for those that are kind of curious to know just what the heck's going on, that's what happened. Or at least I think that's what happened. It could also be because I've said no more Google AdSense. I don't know. Somewhere along the way, I've pissed everybody off. I don't know how. <laughs> but anyway, don't forget, you can follow me. I am P at PCNerd37 on Twitter. You can follow Global Geek News, which is where you'll find all kinds of tech news, um, 
as well as everything that's on Global Geek News, like I said, at Global Geek News on Twitter. And you can follow Wesley, who's at Wesley83 on Twitter. And what's your, uh, do you have an actual domain yet for your posthumous blog? Yeah, it's WesleyFaulkner.com. Oh, awesome. So make sure to check that out. There's always some great stuff there. Speaking of which, I kind of started blogging on PCNerd37.com again yesterday for the first time in many, many months. So if you're curious to know what a glass of bacon looks like, you might want to head over there as well as apparently somebody decided to write their contact information on the back of a $1 bill in hopes that whoever ended up with that $1 bill would send that $1 bill back to that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, just um, basically I'm kind of putting stuff, anything there that I want to share that doesn't belong on Global Geek News is kind of where I'm going to put that, like pictures of a glass of bacon. So anyway, you might want to subscribe to that. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. That's the most important thing. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the RSS for Global Geek News. Um Use iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, whatever. I think most of our listeners come from the Zoom Marketplace, which is kind of surprising given given Zoom's market share. But anyway, that is all for this week. I unless there's something else you'd like to have, I guess that's it. Adam. Yep. Alrighty, well, guess we will see you guys next week, and hopefully we'll have a great guest for you to kind of wrap up year four, or no, is it year three or year four? Year three of Global Geek News. See you guys next week. Later. Later.